So the reading is taken from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding round him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men and women. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much, Colin. Well, it's great to be together this morning at the beginning of our summer series. I'm always ridiculed at home because I have a firm belief that autumn starts on the first day of the summer holidays. And I'm proved right. But we're starting this series on the Apostle Peter. And we begin at the beginning with Peter's call. Peter was that hard-nosed fisherman, feisty, reckless, outspoken. God calls Peter. Now, I wonder if you ever find easy questions difficult to answer. A number of times I've been sat in front of health professionals who are wielding a loaded syringe and they've asked me, Nigel, are you left-handed or are you right-handed? Simple question. Difficult answer. Because if you throw a ball at me, I'll catch you with my right hand. If you ask me to paint, I'm right-handed. If you kick a football, right-footed. But if you ask me to write, I use my left hand. So how do I answer? Because what they're doing is they're trying to find out which arm will least inconvenience me when their injection swells up and causes me irrevocable pain. So I usually just say to them, stab it in whichever one you fancy. But if I was asked you a simple question this morning, I wonder if you might have the same difficulty in answering it. And if I asked you, have you been called by God? I wondered if you'd find that a simple question or a difficult question to answer. It might be one of those questions that leaves you feeling a bit unsure. 
If I'm not sure that I've heard the call of God, does that mean I'm not a Christian? Or if I say, yes, yes, I've heard the call of God, what's the evidence in my life that I've been called? Maybe it's a tricky one. So this morning we're going to look at Peter and he's going to bail us out and he's going to help us with solving this conundrum. We're on the Lake of Galilee or on the shore of the Lake of Galilee. Now, I expect you've probably had a similar experience to me, and that is when you're an absolute expert in something, some amateur comes up and gives you a piece of advice. It must be how the GP feels when the patient tells them what medicine they want, or it must be how Andy Murray feels when he reads the newspapers and they tell him how to improve his backhand or his second serve. This must have been how Peter felt when a rabbi comes up and tells him how to fish. But this is no ordinary rabbi. This is Jesus first engaging with Peter. And he engages Peter's interest by probably what could be described as hijacking his boat. The boat is empty and Jesus gets into it and uses it as an improvised uh, pulpit. Imagine if you came home and found somebody sitting in your sitting room conducting a meeting. It would surprise you. It would get your attention. And Peter had his attention grabbed by Jesus. And as Peter listened, and as he watched Jesus, something must have resonated within his heart. Because he stopped doing what he was doing, which was cleaning his nets, and he came over and he started to listen. His curiosity was aroused. And then the amateur, Jesus, speaks to the professional, Peter, about fishing. And Jesus says, let's go out into the deep water and cast out the nets and start fishing. And something within Peter welled up. I've been out all night. You know nothing about fishing. But something else in Peter said, against my better judgment, I'll do this. He'd been cleaning his nets. He was shutting up shop. He was going home for his kit. But when Jesus asked him to do something which was quite bizarre, go and do it again. Peter ignored what was logical and ignored the frustration within. And curiously, he did it. Let's just think about that for a moment. It seems simple, but what an enormous act of faith by Peter. Nothing from his past experience or his application of logic, would say, do what Jesus says. It was a leap of faith. We talk about a leap of faith, that's exactly what it was. And in that, in that true sense, this was Peter's first act of faith. The inner voice would have said no, but he let Jesus' voice be louder. And this first step of faith is vital to all that comes afterwards. Peter submits his will to Jesus' will. And by doing that, he allows Jesus to start the process of blessing him. And then what follows is absolutely astonishing. Jesus totally shakes him up. Not only had the unexpected happen, and that is there were fish in the net, but it's an overwhelming haul. 
It's so much that two boats together can't contain them. They're starting to sink. And now Jesus has Peter's full attention. This is unnatural, incomprehensible. But there is one explanation, and it clicks very quickly with Peter. This can be no other than the work of God. Nothing else explains what's going on here. Wouldn't you have imagined with your boat and the other boat so full of fish that Peter would have jumped for joy? How much, how much would they get for two boatloads of fish? He'd have been able to put his feet up for weeks. It's as if he'd won the lottery. Maybe he could even sign Jesus up as his new fish detection system. But Peter didn't jump for joy. He did exactly the opposite. He recoiled. Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. What's happening here? In that very moment, the whole thing stopped being about fish and started being about Peter's relationship with God. He had come face to face with an act of God and all his bravado had gone. He felt stripped bare. He became shockingly aware of his sin and the holiness of God. I don't know if they still have physics lessons at school, but when I was in my physics lessons, we used to love playing with magnets. And when you have magnets and they're far apart, they have really no influence on one another. But when you bring one magnet close to another one, that second one starts to be repelled. And the closer you try to put them together, the more they repel. And that's what happened here initially with Peter. But you know the solution. You turn one of the magnets through 190 degrees. And then they attract. And something happened in Peter that moment, which that initial recoiling turned round and became attraction. Peter's first step was backwards. It was fear. It was unworthiness. It was panic. But then in his heart, he starts to experience love and acceptance. And something of a bond draws him to Jesus. He doesn't know it yet, but this is the work of the Holy Spirit starting in Peter's heart. And Peter then responds to Jesus' call. Yes, Lord, I will follow Peter left everything and followed Jesus. He was a simple, probably uneducated fisherman. I expect he had a vice-like handshake. But he was now called by the grace of God to a task that he couldn't even begin to imagine. Now, if we think that is a unique situation for calling apostles then we're wrong. Because actually that process that Peter went through is common for many who come to faith in Christ. It's one of the great Bible truths that God didn't just call Peter. He calls every one of us this morning. And like Peter, when God starts to call, it might come as a bit of a shock. I dare say that Peter was shocked when he found that Jesus had commandeered his boat 
and even more shocked when he found he had too many fish. And God usually uses unusual circumstances to get our attention. Things in our life which turn out and force us face to face with God. And when that happens, when we first meet face to face with God, something uncomfortable happens. It's an experience we get that we feel that we're out of place. We feel dirty, unworthy. A couple of weeks ago, Blinda and I had uh, tickets for the closing night of a Welsh Ice Steadford in a theatre in Cardigan. Now, we were prepared for it. it was, we knew it would be in Welsh. We weren't perturbed. But what we hadn't prepared for, that as we arrived, it looked like everybody else was going to a wedding reception. Or ladies' day at Ascot. Big hats, flowery dresses, suits and ties. Some with buttonholes. And there were we, walking trousers, grubby fleece. My first reaction was, let's get out of here. I'm not properly dressed. I feel a bit ashamed. The feeling didn't last long, and we had a great night. But that's the feeling coming face to face with God. We're in the wrong place. I don't feel worthy. But it's then God says what he says so often to us. Don't be afraid. Come to me. Follow me. And then he says to us, I've got a message for you. My message is I've not come to collect the righteous, but I've come to bring the dirty and the unworthy sinners to salvation. I've not come to intimidate, but I've come to save, to heal, to restore. And when I've done that, I've got a job for you. I want you to be my representative, my ambassador, to speak on my behalf, to act on my behalf, to do the things that I want done. In that boat, on that seashore, it was as though for Peter a contract had been signed. He said yes. He got up. He left everything. And he followed Jesus. That's what being a Christian is all about. Instead of turning from Christ, we turn to Christ. We go from feeling ashamed to feeling assured. We go from ignoring him to following him. We stop caring about our stuff. And we start caring about his stuff. And over these next six weeks, we will answer the question about what was God's call in Peter's life. But this morning I want us to think about what is the call in my life? What is God calling me? You see, originally I was confused as to whether I was right or left-handed. I'm right-handed, just right-left-handed. But that, the question this morning actually isn't, have I been called by God? Which can be a difficult question to answer. But the question is this, have I responded to God's call? God has called. Have I responded to it? Have I committed myself to him and have I put him in the first place in my life? 
Have I allowed him to do what happens to that magnet and turn me round 190 degrees so that instead of every thought of him repelling me, it attracts me? And are you living knowing what God has called you for and that he has called you? This morning, God's calling us to recommit our lives to him, to turn from feeling ashamed to feeling assured, to stop ignoring him and to start following him, to stop thinking about our stuff and to start caring about his stuff. There are lots of questions that we can't answer about Peter. We don't know what happened to his fishing business. We don't know what happened to his fishing boat. We don't know what he did about income, about family support, what happened to his house. All we do know is the important thing, that he left everything and followed Jesus. That's the journey of faith. It doesn't have contingency plans. A journey of faith doesn't have a fallback plan. A journey of faith is just that, to hear God's call and to follow him. This is where Peter's life of faith starts. Has your life of faith started too? Let's pray together. Father, this morning we are so thrilled that such a character as Peter was called to be such a key part of your plans. Lord, sometimes we feel odd and dysfunctional and in the wrong place and even the wrong person. But Lord, we thank you that you have called us. And it amazes us that you've done that. But you've called us to follow you. Lord, as we walk through Peter, walk with Peter through these next six weeks, Lord, we pray that we may walk with Jesus, that we may know what it is to do what Peter did, to leave everything and follow him. In his name we pray. Amen.